You're listening to episode 37 of the Thriving Mom podcast. Today we're talking all about women's health, hormones, periods, disordered eating, and setting up our daughters to thrive through puberty. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another life-giving episode of the podcast. I'm Uime, your food and body freedom partner on this journey, and I'm so glad you could join me today. So, are you ready to talk about hormones? Because I am ready. Today's episode is all about women's health, specifically as it relates to getting to know and understand your body. My guest, Isabel Garza, calls it body literacy, which I love so much. We talk about how understanding your hormones as your body's messengers can be a game changer in how you approach self-care and nourishment for your body. But before we head into the episode, I wanted to give a shout out to one of the podcast listeners who left us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Olubukala O said, as a young woman who's had a poor relationship with food for a while, this podcast is a breath of fresh air. The topics are tackled in a sensitive way that brings healing and presents practical strategies to overcome negative thought patterns. Wimei's voice is so calming and reassuring, and the variety of topics and guests always keep me interested. You don't have to be a mom to enjoy this podcast. If you want to embrace your journey towards continued growth and improvements as an individual, then this podcast is for you. Friends, this is why we do what we do. And I'm so thankful to Olubokala O for leaving this review. I'm so glad to be able to serve you in this way and hope to continue to do the same. And yes, you don't have to be a mom to listen to this podcast. Anyone can benefit from the topics that we discuss on this show. So friends, would you take a minute and leave me a five-star rating? and a review on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps this podcast to get seen by more moms who need this breath of fresh air. Thanks so much. All right, so today's podcast guest is Isabel Garza, a registered dietitian and owner of Woman Wise Nutrition. She specializes in the intersection of women's health and disordered eating and helps women who struggle with hormone dysfunctions to learn how to stop fighting food and their bodies and start tuning into nourishing their bodies from a place of empowerment and intention. Let's head on to my conversation with Isabel. Enjoy. Well, hello, Isabel. Welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Just like we were chatting before we got on the the episode, I was telling you about how inspired I was by your talk at the IF gathering, and I really wanted you to come on the show and talk to the women about our biology and how we need to be taking 
more care of ourselves. So I can't wait to dive into the episode. But first, I just want you to introduce yourself to the Thriving Mom community. Tell us about yourself and what you do. Of course. Yeah. So my name is Isabel Garza. I am a registered dietitian and I specialize in the intersection of women's health and disordered eating. So I help women who are struggling with hormone dysfunctions with like PCOS or period problems to approach food from a place of freedom and to be able to nourish their body with confidence. Um, so what I do is I do a lot of one-on-one counseling, and then I also run a biannual uh, group program to help women find freedom with food. That's awesome. In line with that, I'm always really fascinated by the female body and the female biology. So I would like for you to just share a little bit on why it's important for us as women to pay attention to our hormones. Yeah, definitely. So I know hormones can be a little intimidating. People can feel like you need to read a whole science book to understand them, but really they're just messengers. They're how our cells communicate to each other. And in that communication, they tell the body either to do something or to not do something. So if we can pay attention, we actually can learn a lot about how our body is responding and why it's telling us to either do something or not do something. Um, so in my special specialty, specifically in women's health, I really work with hormones uh, related to the ovaries, um, the adrenals, um, as well as the thyroid. And all of these glands are actually communicating together. Um, it's kind of the symphony of communication that allows us to thrive, to feel good in our bodies, to feel like our body is in the best place that it can be. So I just really love kind of teaching women these types of things so that as women, we know what our bodies are doing and it doesn't have to be such a mystery. Absolutely. And I hear you when you talk about <laughs> hormones sounding intimidating because it's like, well, now this is one other thing I need to be paying attention to among all the million things that I have to pay attention to. So thank you for breaking that down for us. I want to talk about the term body literacy. This is a term that I've never heard before. And I learned that from you. So tell us what body literacy means and why it's important for us to be aware of what's going on and how we can apply, you know, what we learn to how we take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So body literacy is really just observing, understanding, and interpreting uh, symptoms, signals, um, sensations that our body sends us. Sometimes, you know, like you said, life is moving so fast. It's hard to pay attention to those things and even understand what's going on. And unfortunately in our culture, you know, talking about hormones, our um, culture likes to demonize hormones, right? Like saying that you're hormonal or PMSing is like offensive or is kind of exactly. slang. And so, yeah, it, it's just, I mean, I, I just totally reject that idea because I think if we can engage in our body, right, engage in body literacy, we actually can understand so much, especially throughout our menstrual cycle. So um, if we're feeling a certain way early on in our cycle or feeling a different way later on in the cycle, we know why. So we don't get caught up in kind of the guessing game or feeling shame or guilt or being self-critical towards ourselves for being a certain way. We know, oh, this is, this is just my body doing what it's supposed to do, doing its best. So that's why I love even the term body literacy, because it's really that deep understanding of our bodies rather than feeling like we're enemies with our bodies, right? 
That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And I was just taking a note here when you talked about really understanding our bodies. And I think that's where the idea or the concept of body autonomy comes in, because we've been so used to people telling us how we should respond to our bodies, especially when it it comes to the idea of menstruation or the Mm -hmm. time before your period. So people use terms like PMSing, of course, now it's like this bad thing where it's like, oh, yeah, she's she's experiencing that. So let's just ignore her. And it becomes this thing where we laugh about, but it is something that is serious and we should be paying attention to it because if we're able to understand all these changes, you know, whether you're however number of days your cycle is, depending on what time of the month it is for you as a woman, that really drives a lot of your behaviors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I know for me, After I had my third child, and this is something that I'm still figuring out, I just didn't understand what was going on anymore. Like I would get really upset and angry. And I started observing that this usually happened just before my period came. And this was totally new to me. So I remember my husband and I, we would just laugh about it. And whenever I start to feel that way, I would say, okay, it's that time. Just give me like two, three days and give me lots of forgiveness and compassion And it makes things so much easier now because I recognize it. I don't feel ashamed about it. It's more like, okay, how can I support myself? So can you give us some practical tips on how women can take care of themselves through the different, I guess, cycles or the different moods that they might be experiencing? What are some tips that people could take to pay attention? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say, you know, first and foremost, really understanding where you are in your cycle. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of women don't even know what is going on in their cycle. There's different phases in your cycle. There's your follicular phase, ovulation, your luteal phase, and all these phases have different fluctuations in your hormones. It's very purposeful in what your body is doing in those different phases. And so having that education around where you are in your cycle, I think number one is is really kind of eye-opening for a lot of women. And then I would say when you understand that, you can understand why you are experiencing certain symptoms. So maybe I'll offer some examples just so women can maybe kind of connect with, oh yeah, like that's that's kind of how I feel during certain times. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say one big one is cravings. I think there's a lot of judgment towards oneself when uh, women experience, say, cravings right before their period or um, have a bigger appetite. And I just want to tell everyone, you know, that's normal. In fact, your metabolism actually goes up in the second half of your cycle. And so you actually need more fuel. There's also some changes in serotonin and, and all kinds of things. So again, just having that understanding so that when you are experiencing those cravings, it's not a signal for you to automatically restrict or deprive yourself or even criticize yourself or feel shame and guilt because you want a chocolate or had a a bigger sweet tooth, right? It's like, oh, this is normal. This is just part of what my body needs. Um, I'd say body image is also another thing that um, I work through a lot with women and that can fluctuate throughout your cycle as well. So again, in the later half of your cycle, kind of before your period, people experience a lot of bloating. And that's because your digestive system is slowing down. Progesterone's being released. It slows down kind of the muscles in your digestive system. And so you may experience more bloating, also maybe some more water retention. So the fact that, you know, your genes don't fit can, you know, very easily spiral you into this. Oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I need to go on this diet and restrict. 
But again, that body literacy understanding, hey, this is just my body doing what it does best, right? These are the natural fluctuations in my hormones. And if I can meet myself where I'm at, wear comfy pants, right? Make sure I'm well hydrated, right? Eating foods that are helping my digestive system. It's so much from this lens of self-care rather than trying to keep your body the same every single moment, every day. Because it's not, that's the truth. It's so amazing as women that our body changes throughout our cycle. That's so, (laughs) that's really fascinating. And I love how you tied in the self-care piece because a lot of the messaging out there is more like when your body doesn't seem to be doing this, 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 then there's a problem. And right away, of course, because we're women, we try to make sure that we're conforming. And that's where you see people going on restrictive diets and pushing themselves when probably that's the time where you need to pull back and just really focus in on you and taking care of yourself so that you can replenish your energy and just rest and do what your body needs. So thank you so much for sharing that. When women have issues, I know you had talked about ovaries and adrenals. So when it comes to issues that are related to those organs or that system, there's a lot of prescriptions out there for people to go on restrictive diets or go on the pill. Like those are the end-all be-all solutions for people experiencing problems. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. Why is this not the solution? And what can women do instead to support themselves? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll talk first about restrictive diets because I think that very often is the kind of first first thing thing exactly (laughs) that people get handed. It's like go low carb, go low calorie, exercise. And unfortunately it's not that simple. I wish it was. I mean, honestly, I'd be out of a job if it was that simple, but it's not, it's much more complicated than that. And also thank goodness that we're not just this machine of calories and exercise that we have such complex systems that have complex needs. So, I mean, number one, a big reason why I specialize in the intersection of women's health and disordered eating is that a lot of women who struggle with hormone dysfunction, whether it's an official diagnosis of PCOS or endometriosis, or just have like heavy periods, painful periods, there is a lot of research that shows that they tend to be more vulnerable to disordered eating behaviors and have a disordered relationship with food. And when women come to me and, you know, we talk about this, it it always kind of shatters their world saying, oh my gosh, I didn't know there was a connection between my struggles with food and my struggles with my hormones. And the truth is, you know, we're, we're one body, right? We're mind, body, soul, physical, mental, emotional, all connected. And so when something is awry or imbalanced, it affects many other areas uh, of our body. So that's why one prescribing a restrictive diet is really potentially going to worsen some of the symptoms for these women, right? They are already vulnerable to these stressors um, with food. And if we're, you know, prescribing some low carb diet, um, a really low calorie diet, um, that's going to lead to a lot of stress in the body. And you mentioned earlier, you know, adrenal glands and, and thyroid glands, those organs are really sensitive to stress. And so stress isn't just emotional, mental, or, you know, having a really um, big deadline coming up at work, you know, stress can also really come from the way we think about food. If we feel really deprived with food, if we're not eating enough food. um, So all those low carb diets are actually not really beneficial for hormones because our thyroid really needs carbohydrates. So, you know, all that to say, we have to address the whole body. 
And if we're just prescribing nutrition in this really restrictive way without understanding how that's affecting the whole body or affecting um, your mental and emotional health, then we're really kind of missing the mark and not taking care of the whole person. So I'd say that about restrictive diets. And then with hormonal birth control, again, one of those like fix all band-aid solutions, unfortunately. And, you know, for women who are on hormonal birth control, I first and foremost want to say, you know, it's not a bad thing to be on hormonal birth control. In fact, I know a lot of women who have such excruciating pain with their periods that it's like the only solution that they can have, at least in that immediate moment to live their life. But I do want women to know that there are alternative options that what hormonal birth control does, it just turns off all your hormones. And so if you're experiencing a lot of hormonal symptoms um, related to say high androgens uh, with like heavy periods or high androgens with acne or high estrogens with heavy periods, you're going to see relief from those symptoms because hormonal birth control turns them off. But unfortunately, we're not really getting to the root cause. We're not understanding, well, why do you have high androgens? Do you actually have high estrogen? Or is it, you know, because you have low progesterone? You know, there's so many reasons why people are experiencing hormone dysfunction. So again, I just want to empower women to better understand their body and know that they can understand their hormones, see what imbalances are at play and actually address them so that they are in the driver's seat of their health and not have to turn off their hormones in order to feel their best in their life. Absolutely. I really like how you have just normalized that if people have to go on hormonal birth control pills, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's no shame. We have to do what our bodies need and support our bodies. But if people are feeling uncomfortable or they are looking for alternative solutions, those options are also available. And it's all about taking care of our whole bodies. We can't focus on one part and ignore the rest. So this is just encouraging us and you, the listener, to make sure that you're doing your best and seeking out all the options and always advocating for yourself. I'm such a big <laughs> proponent of making sure that you're advocating for yourself. And sometimes that might not come naturally to some people, but I hope that you'll feel encouraged and just seeking out the supports that you need. So one thing when you were talking, I was just thinking as a mom whose child <laughs> is going into the puberty stage, <laughs> and I'm sure there are a lot of moms that are listening who probably have daughters at that age or just a little bit above that. I want you to speak to us about how we can support our daughters who are experiencing or going into this new stage of becoming women What's, what are some ways that we can support them so that they're not, you know, susceptible to diet culture? Because we know diet culture is very strong and loud. So what are some ways that we can support them when it comes to talking about things like, you know, periods and changes in the, in the female body? If you can give us some tips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gosh, I, I love this question because it really does start so young, right? And I know a lot of women that I've worked with, their struggles with food started really young because say their body changed during puberty and they felt like they had to prevent it from changing when really it was a very natural process. So, you know, even keeping that conversation open and allowing girls, young girls to talk about those changes. I feel like sometimes puberty is just kind of like this thing that gets pushed under the rug. It's like, yeah, just kind of power through and get through it and you'll be okay <laughs> on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
that's just, you know, not the actual experience that they have. I mean, they're their, their breasts are growing, their hips are growing, you know, they're seeing changes in their hair, oils on their skin. And that can be really challenging, especially if they're growing at different rates of their peers, right? They're seeing other people change in different ways and their bodies are changing. So I think, you know, as mothers and just as women in general to be able to have these conversations in a really open way without demonizing those changes, and, and to also understand, you know, yes, our body is going to change during puberty, but our bodies are going to continue to change, right? Through pregnancy, through menopause and post-menopause. So let's get the conversation going early so we get used to understanding that it's okay for our bodies to change versus feel like for the rest of our lives, we need to make sure that nothing changes, that our weight stays the same, our body size looks the same, because that's just not true. And those changes are important. They're purposeful when it comes to our body. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. I love that answer. And <laughs> I'm laughing here because I know for me, the biggest change for my daughter was when she gained quite a bit of weight. And I'm so thankful that I know what I know. Because when I noticed it, I thought, oh, okay, you know, we started having conversations about bodies changing and breasts coming in. And why do I have a lot of fat over here? And we just started having these conversations. And it wasn't something that I had to open up a textbook and talk about, right? Like there are resources out there where you can have these conversations. And I think just keeping that space open and letting them know that this is a normal thing would really help. I wish I had that information growing up as a child, because I know for me, it was this thing that was so shameful. And it was just like, okay, let's just hide it over there. And <laughs> let's not talk about it. But mm -hmm. I'm glad that you shared that with us. So thank you very much. One last question I wanted to ask what does thriving mean to you? Mm, yeah, I think thriving is really about the whole body, right? Mind, body, and soul. And I think as a dietitian, right, it's really easy just to think about nourishing our bodies, thriving in the context of healthy eating, but it's so beyond that. And I really encourage women who are maybe trying to improve their health to really seek for them to thrive and not to feel like they have to stick to some strict regimen and sacrifice their mental and emotional health in order to achieve health. Because at the end of the day, I would even challenge if that truly is health. So thriving, you know, I think at the end of the day is being able to take care of all the parts of who you are. And at the end of the day, to be able to engage in the things that truly matter to you in your life. I love that. The whole body. Have to consider the whole, the whole body. body. Awesome. Mm -hmm. This has been such a great conversation, but before you go, can you let us know where we can find you, learn more about you and the services you offer? Yeah. So I'm on social media. Um, so you can find me at woman wise nutrition, or you can go to my website to better understand my services. Um, that is at womanwisenutrition.com. Awesome. And I'll also include the links in the show notes so people can check that out as well. This has been such a great conversation, Isabel. I'm so glad you could join me on the podcast. And I'm sure a lot of moms will really benefit. So thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it was so fun. Thanks for having me. All right. How was that? I hope you found it helpful. I know for one, when I was doing this interview, I had two pages of notes because it was just so good. So your action item for this episode is just to start paying attention to how your body is changing over the course of a month. If you experience periods, 
then pay attention and see at what times during the month do you feel a little bit conscious? At what times are you feeling happy and perky? And what are the times where you're feeling a little bit sad? Is it possible that things are changing in your body and how can you respond kindly? So that's my takeaway for you. I'm so glad you could join me this week. I look forward to chatting with you again next week. But until then, keep thriving.